I thought it was a lot of money. I thought it was an awful lot of money, but when I got here, I had 10,000 Australian dollars and um, I was living in backpacking hostels. Recognise that you can't do a thousand miles today or win this big contract today or earn 250 grand straight from school but you can set a plan. But what's really led to my success, I believe, is, is twofold. I always wanted to be successful, and I think you've got to want to be successful. That's really important. Um, you know, the average, you're the average of the five people that you spend time with, the average happiness, wealth, uh, physical uh, and stuff, because you're eating certain foods and everything. You're the average of those five people. Welcome back to another episode of Success is a System. I'm Mike Green. This is Mark Wright, winner of BBC's Apprentice, uh, built a business to £10 million after working with Alan Sugar and winning The Apprentice, now running other businesses. I, I did do a podcast with Mark once before whilst in London, but that was for another event. And today we're going to get into some more specific system stuff that I know is going to be interesting that hopefully you guys will find interesting, will be helpful to you all. Um, Mark. Thank you for coming up and coming back on Success is a System. Mike, good to be with you. Thank you for having me. And what a beautiful place you've got here in Peterborough. Oh, well, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. As I say, five generations of my family have uh, grown up here. It's important to me. And it, it's interesting, actually. And when I said to you, uh, when we were chatting a little while ago, you know, where's home? And I'm thinking, where in the UK? And you say, Sydney, Australia. Home is where the heart is. And, you know, you do what you do, but you have a different connection to somewhere that feels that. And... Um, when we bought this, which was 23 uh, years ago, um, I, I was building business in America, Australia, New Zealand, 18 European countries, and we just had our first baby. And um, I thought I could, I could literally live and buy a house in any one of those cities in yeah. any country yeah. in the world. But what, um, what we thought is, I, I've got loads of family in Peterborough, which is about eight miles away. My wife's sister lived about six miles in the other direction. So we bought this partly because we fell in love with it, but partly is it's right in the middle of family. And I think home is where the heart is, but it's easier for the heart to be somewhere where you've got deep roots and connections. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's so important for everything else in life. If you have a strong base, doesn't matter where you fly in the world, where you go and do business, I think coming from a strong base gives you power in whatever you do yeah, yeah. and it gives you confidence. And, you know, we speak a lot about business and whatever. A lot of confidence in business comes from your self-esteem and you exactly. build self-esteem from your family, from your friends, from your health. And if those things aren't right... If you haven't got a great house, if you're going back to a shit flat you hate in London, your yeah, business yeah. suffers. And I think setting your base up, your home life perfectly, makes you strong everywhere else. No, you're absolutely right. And that was another... Uh, my business partner at the time, a guy called Tom, lives in Dulwich in London. Be beautiful uh, house in Dulwich Village. And... Uh, Whenever he'd come up here, he'd say, I get fucking nosebleeds coming to yours, Mike. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. I, I can have 50 different restaurants deliver me something oh. within half an hour. Kind of. And, and it, I realised it is, it's whatever feels right for you. But yeah. for me, working in all those cities and often in hotels or in a restaurant, and, and don't get me wrong, it was a wonderful life. But I needed to get that escape when I wasn't working mm -hmm. to for the fresh air and the countryside, mm -hmm. and and that's you know something that Australia's got in abundance. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just get, getting onto that. So you came over traveling, yeah. if you like, yeah. with a, a view that you'd do what a year, six months, whatever. a few months. I, th I was looking at three to six months, and that uh, was how long ago? Remind Twelve me? years ago. Twelve years. Twelve years ago. So I came over as a backpacker. I'd, I was going through a bit of a tough time. You know, I'd just been through the end of a relationship. I felt really lost in Australia. I didn't know what I was going to do in my career. I felt I was in a dead-end job. And my theory was, let's just break this. I'm in a job I hate. I don't feel good. I don't feel happy. I don't feel successful. So let's change the environment. Let's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just go into a different country because that's all I could feel like I could do at the time to meet new people, to get around different energy. And... It worked. But no silver spoon? You didn't, you didn't oh, come over with a big check from mum and dad or uh, any of that stuff? I had, at the time, I'd saved up $10,000, which at the time was about £4,000. So it was oh, very yeah. far from a silver spoon. I thought it was a lot of money. I thought it was an awful lot of money. But when I got here, I had 10000 Australian dollars. And um, 
I was living in backpacking hostels. I just had the bag on my back. Do I remember you saying you spent it all really quickly or something? I, I, no, it lasted a while. It nearly lasted a year. Oh, wow. Because I worked. In London, that's not No, no, no around Europe. So I was oh, right, backpacking okay. around. I was living in hostels. I was spending probably 30 pounds a day on food and accommodation and stuff like it i made it last um and um after the end of backpacking for about sort of uh, just over a year i'd run out of money that 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 money had come to an end and that's where i really needed to start thinking about i need a job and what am i going to do and all of this stuff and you know this country the uk has been so amazing for me because i literally when i got to london i had I think it was just just under a couple of hundred pounds and an Oyster card. And as I sit here to do you today and we'll get on to some of my businesses and the success and all of that stuff, if I can come here with just a pair of jeans and an Oyster card and a couple of hundred quid and be here today as what some perceive as a very successful businessman and got a few quid, the point is and the reason I do this stuff is because anyone can do it. And I think once you take all the excuses away, once you take everything away, we all just have our oyster card and a pair of yeah, jeans. Yeah. And it's if you get around the right people, if you have an idea and you back yourself, in 10 years you can be living a completely different life. No, it's, it, it's, it's an outstanding point because one of the, I don't really um, – I haven't read a newspaper for years. I don't really watch the news. I mean, if it's really bad, it will pop up on social media everywhere. You'll know it? about it. Yeah, and you'll yeah. know about it. Or a friend will ring you and say, fuck, have you seen this? <laughs> uh, because otherwise, all it is is depressing. Most yep. journalists and media are looking for a shock, and they're normally looking for negative shock, not yeah. positive. And, you know, I, I as I travelled the world, people – I would go to – and I won't name countries because it's not fair. I go to some countries and it was clearly racist. There was, an air, especially sort of Eastern countries, I mean, I love them. I love the culture. I love the, uh, the way the families connect differently and so on. But they would see us as fools. They see Americans as fools. And you sort of think, no, no, we're not. We're better than that. And the reality is that I think that every country is, has got the strengths and weaknesses. And it's right for people to feel proud of, of their country. But all too often, we knock the UK. And, and I found it as I travelled the world that London particularly was probably one of the most multicultural cities uh, in it, the world. It's incredible. It, I call it the real land of opportunity. And probably the least ra- uh, racist or prejudiced overall. Uh, I'd never eaten um, an Indian meal before I moved to the UK. I'd never, um, uh, I'd only had Chinese from where I, I'd had. I'd never seen a woman in a hijab before because I was from an outback town in Australia, uh, just outside of Sydney. And I hadn't seen these levels of things. And I came to London and the the amount of different people and cultures and religions I'd saw and businesses, it just opened my eyes to, to, to the world really. Yeah, and that's yeah. the brilliant thing about the UK. But to one of your points, I was um, training in a gym near my house. Every time I'd sit in the sauna, I'd listen to other people's conversation. Right, right. And I hated this gym I was training at for a while. And I'd sit in there and they'd say, well, the reason you know I'm poor is because of the government. And the reason I'm thing yeah, is yeah. because of this person and my job and my boss. And I got to a point where I was sitting there and I was thinking, at some point, this is going to start affecting me negatively. This, So I went and looked online at the gym closer that was it was t- three times more expensive than the one that I was. So I did a trial there and sat in the sauna and I listened to the conversation. Mm. It was about investment. It was about positive conversations. It was about health. It was about fitness. It was about wealth. The, the conversation between the two gyms was completely different. I canceled my membership, the one and joined the others. And through that gym, I arranged my um, one of my mentors I met there. I met my boxing coach there. I arranged my first boxing fight there. And two or three of my best friends now have come from that gym. Mm-hmm. By making one change in an environment, changed the outcomes of the last two years in my life in many respects and i think there's little areas in your life every day that are like that gym example for me by changing one person in your life or a gym or where you have your office or whatever it is everything you do on your life is sending you a message about the future that you're going to have no i think that that's really insightful and i think so many people get 
caught up in an environment rather than realizing, you know, what's the saying? We're not a tree. We've got legs. We can move. hundred percent. We can change that. But I, I put a post out the other day saying something about we need more winners and less whiners um, because people are misery loves company and people will love to have that like pity party and whinge and moan and so on. But there's nothing positive comes out of that. It's literally you go deeper into the abyss of misery and yet, if you can say, right, where can I find a more positive conversation? And I challenge anybody, you know, if you, if someone comes to you and say, oh, I'm feeling a bit, I'm feeling a bit ill today, I'm not very well. You say, well, I'll tell you what, you look fantastic. I you know, I think you look all right. What, what's that then? Oh, well, this, that, the other. I say, right, you know, let's say they were moaning about their egg, legs aching because they've been to the gym. All right, try and tell that someone with no legs kind of thing. And if you constantly back, back their negative, it's like when you try and push magnetic magnets together and it'll keep rebounding someone's got to change yeah if you're really positive in the face of misery they stop coming to you yeah because misery loves company it doesn't like positive and positivity likes company as well so if you then change and go to the right environment you kind of the opposite happens you don't go deeper into the abyss you rise uh rise up with people and and then ideas start to spark and then they grow and and the best sort of metaphor that brings all that together i think is they say that if a plant isn't growing we don't change the plant or the bulb we change the environment it's sitting in we think oh it probably hasn't got enough sun let's move it over here oh it probably hasn't got enough water let's feed it let's get comes it back nutrients. to life pretty quick we don't say well. it's a shit bulb it's a shit plant we change the environment or the location yeah. of that and i wanted to pick up on that because i've got a younger brother who um was in all the wrong circles and living the wrong life really um and was destined to end up in jail uh, or, or dead. Really? You know, drugs and, and stuff. But he decided to go to India and travel for a year. This is like 22, 23 years ago. He's now got an amazing restaurant. It's always number one, two or three on TripAdvisor. He's got a yoga shala. He's got two kids out there. You know, he's living his best He's still life. out there? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he never came. He comes back. So he's back later this month. He comes back for a month or two during the monsoon season. And when he first started coming back, he'd work on building sites and do whatever to earn a couple of grand to go back because he felt more connected there, more able to not be sucked into some of these activities, that misery uh, downward spiral, if you like. Or, you know, they're doing drugs, they want him to do drugs. They're drinking, they want him to drink. You know, they're going to do something else. They want him to do illegal raves of the 80s and that. And whilst it was fun... It, it was only hurting people in terms of, you know, smashing someone's barn or an office or so. It was, it, it was the wrong environment, but now he's in the right environment. It's got an amazing business, does really well, happy kids uh, uh, and a good life. And you clearly did the same. But sometimes changing geography alone isn't enough because we take our problems with us if they're mm, inside. So right. w- what would be your advice to someone like hearing this thing, oh, Michael's brother Leroy did it and it was really great for him and Mark did it and it was really great for him. I'm going to bloody leave home and go somewhere else. In addition to changing geography, what else would you say were the fundamental changes in you or your behaviour or your outlook or triggers that 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 led to your success because it couldn't have just been geography. Well, they 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 say that you you've got to love yourself before other people can love you, and I think that's the same in finding yourself. It's the same with with anything. But what's really led to my success, I believe, is is twofold. I always wanted to be successful, and I think you've got to want to be successful. That's really important. We were speaking just before the podcast started about some work you do with charities and um, some people you've tried to mentor before they were ready. And that's really important. That's been the same in me in my past and people I've worked with and and, and myself is sometimes you're not ready to hear the information that you've heard and and it might sink in, but you won't use it today. It might be for tomorrow or in six months or a year's time and it's still good information. But the two things that change me is, you know, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Changing that environment and the people you around you has been a massive change in my own success in my life. And learning and understanding and implementing goals. Sitting down, I'd never sat down before I was about 23, 24 and wrote down what I was trying to do in my life, what I was trying to do in business, what I was trying to do in my job. And I realized that I was just floating around every day from country to country, from friendship to friendship. I was floating around life and life is no different to a ship or to an airplane. 
if I was coming here to your podcast today and you didn't send me the address and I didn't put it in my GPS, I'd still be driving around Nottingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to know where you're going with your life and your business. And the two things where it really started, the rubber started to hit the road, is I decided I wanted to be successful. I changed the people around me and I got a mentor. And I sat down and I wrote down some goals for the next 12 months. And that's where it really changed. Yeah. I remember I went to a business conference and my friends teased me because I was, you know, oh, he wants to be successful, he wants to be rich. I was sitting at the back of the room and I was listening to the speaker. The hairs on my arm were standing up. It felt like I'd found the right environment. And, and that's you were where meant to be there. I was meant to be there. And that's really where it started yeah. to shift. I mean, there's so many golden nuggets just in that last five minutes because. You know, I, I similar. My wife and I, um, I got I got a franchise business, and then it went tits up. Basically, we became homeless uh, overnight. Wow! Kind of thing, lost lost our lost our house, lost our business, and so for a couple of years, we were delivering pizzas on mopeds and and uh, uh, and everything. And I remember just thinking, oh, you know, who am I to think I come from this background? Who am I to think I could be more? And then. I was bored because the pizza place we were working in was sort of lunchtime through late evening. So I went to the library. There was no internet. And I saw these business books. It was like Richard Branson and biographies and that. And I thought, you know, something's brought me here. And there was one belief that I, should, I, that I was meant to find that book, read that book, whatever. Um, but then put the work in. And, and you said your friends are your future. And even back then, you know, I was reading stuff that is now... 80 years old, you know, um, by, by Dale Carnegie and people, you know, uh, and it's still saying things like, um, you know, the average, you're the average of the five people that you spend time with, the average happiness, wealth, uh, physical, uh, and stuff because you're eating certain foods and everything, you're the average of those five people. So you said you're friends in the future. And then you, you sort of roll it off in a, in a, in a really easy to understand, you know, learn, understand, and implement. Now, most people learn the lessons. It, there's lessons all around us every single day, but they don't take the time to understand it. Yep. And, you know, the old sayings of show, uh, a man who can read but doesn't read is no better than a man who can't read kind of thing. So if you, have a, if you really understand it and you understand this could change you, you would implement it. Definitely. So I can only then assume when I look at people who don't implement stuff, Yes. which is the vast majority, yes. is they can't really understand it. Yeah. So I might say, why aren't you doing this? And they'll say, well, I know what you're saying, Mike. I say, no, you don't know. Because if you really knew, yeah. you'd know. And you then said about you decided to be successful or whatever. You're only a decision away from being successful. And some of my early mentors would say, Mike, one day you'll make the decision to do what you need to do. Yeah. So well, I, I've decided. I don't want this now. I want that. Yeah, but you're not doing. You're not. You're not taking the action to implement. I find. And it's, then you said, sorry, just to finish, yeah. you said about writing it down. So in 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 like five minutes, you said friends and future, learn, understand, implement, and you wrote it down. And and that's probably like six of ten key fundamentals to turn anyone into whoever they want to be. D definitely. There and then. They've got to. They've got to want to be it. Then what you said is so important knowledge and understanding you need to know and understand what what it's all good to hear something but if you don't get it you need to have the courage so people are really shamed to say i didn't get that i didn't understand yeah, that yeah, yeah. you need to want to be successful you need to understand how to get there and then the third piece is accountability yeah, you need yeah. somebody to hold your feet to your fire because you will let yourself down time and time again and yeah. you, you do you know why every company serious company companies that make money have boards yeah, yeah they're for accountability someone's got to say to you last month you said you would do x y and z and guess what you ain't done it so either yeah. you're going to lose your job or you need to bloody do it well and you know to know and not to know is not to know or no better than not knowing exactly but that accountability is important as well i get uh you know I'm, i have dozens of mentees in any particular month and i see them for an hour a month and i love doing that i get so much from it and they pay me so i'll get some of that from it as well but much more than that i get the growth but the people who become my mentees pay and they pay up front okay so whether they buy six months or they buy a year and i can literally change their life not because i'm some guru but because we make a map together and i it's their map it's their plan it's their goals but i hold them accountable now it will be no surprise to you because of what you've seen and experienced yourself but there's probably at any point in time, if I say I've got 45 mentees, there's five who have got unspent time with me because I've been really blunt with them on, on session two or three in the sense of saying something like, stay broke then. Or, you know, why is it you've got this? 
and this is a golden opportunity. You know it is, but you keep bloody getting distracted to that. And I remember one of my mentors, and this I'm what they call, I self-called, uh, a bare-knuckle mentor. I'd rather tell them straight, look them in the eye, no holds barred, and say, fucking stay broke then, because what you're doing that. and what you're saying do not match, and what you are doing will not deliver this. You know, you are... The 11th commandment, thou shalt not kid thyself, you are kidding yourself. And Stuart, and I started to scribble it earlier when we were chatting and we got, we got distracted, but um, said to me, Mike, he said, every time I see you, I say, have you done this, this and this? Uh, and he'll say, you'll turn around and say, I've done this and this, but I, I've been busy, I haven't, I haven't done that. And he'll say, okay, what about this, this and this? I say, I've done this and this. So what about that though? I said, oh. I said, well, I've done most of it, Stuart. And he said, well, you, it's always most of it. And he was a bit like Yoda kind of thing, you know. I with love you, it this. Is, yeah, do or do not. With you, it is always try, you know, whatever. Uh, but he, he would say to me, um, if, I, if I could teach you how to cross a raging river, he said, and I'll teach you how to do it every single time. If you do this and this and this and this, you will cross that raving, raving river, no risk, it will happen. Hard work, but not necessarily risk. It's just two plus two plus two, you will get there. He said, and if you only followed 90% of that, what's going to happen? <laughs> you could get, you could drown. You could drown. He says, but every time you come, you've always not done some of it. He said, but then if it don't work out, you're going to say, Stuart, you told me what to do and it hasn't worked. He said, you're going to blame me. But it's not me. It's the fact that you've only done some of it or most of it, but not all of it. Mm. When are you going to get to the point where you write a plan, you understand the plan and you implement it and you don't stop until you've implemented it. And I think sometimes when people are lazy or distracted or um, they're in the wrong relationship sometimes or they're employing someone who they know they shouldn't employ, but they're family or they're a friend or they're nice, but they're not a winning team. Uh, they know the answer, but their weakness is they're not willing to do what they need to do to get what they want to get. And that is the key. That is the absolute. I mean, we're all lazy. We're all distracted. You know, I have times where procrastination is just deep. Some days I'm fighting it from the moment I sit down yeah, yeah, till yeah. the afternoon. Other days I'm on it. But I've implemented steps in my life to know I know that I'm a human being. I know I make mistakes. I know I have days where I'm lazy, et cetera, et cetera. But I have, and when you were speaking, I can think of two people in my life, one friend and one mentor who I call it tacit approval. They don't get, let me get away with saying any bullshit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, if you're in a conversation with someone and you say, you hear something you disagree with, most people will let you get away with it. They'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great mentors, great friends cut you off and say, that's bullshit. Oh, yeah, what, yeah. That's bollocks what you just said. You can do that. Why did you tell me last week you were going to do that and it's still not done, you fucking lazy bastard? And you're like, wow. And you kind of feel it take the wind and, out of you. And I can, I can be a bit like that with good intent. Yep. And then they've paid me thousands of pounds for another couple of sessions or whatever. They, they don't, don't And I, I'll drop an email, you know, let's catch up. And I, get an answer. and I know it's because they don't want to hear the truth. the truth. They don't want to hear what they need to hear. But I want to pick up on your point about um, uh, you can be a lazy bastard or whatever. Mm. Literally, the, the mentoring session I had, um, the guy the guy was leaving as you arrived. Nobody knows who he is. No one needs to know who he is. He's an amazing businessman. Nice I car. Mean, li li but also, literally, he's amazing. And he's building some amazing stuff. Uh, and he said, yeah, I've got, got my map mic and I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I'm on it, I'm on it, I'm doing all this. You know, I'm fucking not going not gonna to watch Netflix and take the, take be a lazy bastard. And I said, hang on, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. When have I said you can't do that? Yeah. Sort of thing. And, and we talk, I talked about one of my principles of mindful mindlessness. You know, if, mind, if being mindful is being in the moment and, and like really like appreciating what needs to be done, appreciating where I am. And so if you can be mindfully mindless about something so what uh, let me bring that to life i don't mind watching netflix an hour two hours a day or something uh, a couple of days a week yep. okay because it's like switching off i'm zoning out and sometimes there'll be something in the program that is completely disconnected but it links back and it inspires me it's like going out of your normal environment mm -hmm. to experience it and and I, I i align it to if you spend time in the gym when do your muscles grow when you're asleep or when you're when, resting. When you're resting. If you don't rest, your muscles will not grow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the work isn't all about the gym. The work is the combination of the gym work 
and the rest. Equally, if we're like 100% disciplined and we, and we just want to veg out and do nothing for a couple of hours, we're not complete and we start resenting the life, the amount it requires of us. Yeah. So whilst you've got to do loads of work, if I said that, you know, you get eight hours sleep and 16 hours non-sleeping, basically, and people say, oh, I'll never get eight hours sleep. You bloody should, but, you know, we don't. We should try, but... Um, that's 16 hours. You know, give yourself an hour a day to just be a bum. And I think to, people to, who... T- to let yourself do nothing, but to do it mindfully. Not to say, I went for one drink, but I ended up nine hours later, pissed as a fart, and I'm going to be shit tomorrow because of it. I decided I'm going out tonight to have a drink, so I cleared the morning. Or whatever it was, but I'm allowing, I'm mindfully saying, tonight... Jules and I are going to catch up on a series we've been watching for a couple of hours. But it's good to okay. do that. I actually yeah. think you have to do that. And two things really help me with this. But it ain't about being a robot, is it? You can't be a robot. And any podcast you hear or entrepreneur you meet that tell you they have three hours sleep and they work 120 hours a week, they're lying to you and to themselves because yeah. it ain't possible. I hope you're enjoying Success is a System. Every Tuesday, we launch it on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Drop us a note and tell us who you would like to see or hear on Successes System or what subject you'd like us to cover to help you and your business. Successes System, like, subscribe and make sure you get it every Tuesday for great lessons and systems that have made people wealthy, healthy and successful. And Lord Sugar told me one of the best lessons I learned from him with working with him is I was in the camp when I started working with him. You must work 100 hours a week, seven days a week, etc, etc, etc. And he said to me, I haven't worked a weekend in 50 years. It was like the best mentoring you could ever give me by accident. And I said, what do you mean? You're a billionaire. And he said, well, I think the reason I've been able to sustain my career for so long is at six o'clock on Friday, the phone goes off, the laptop shuts, and it doesn't go open until eight o'clock Monday. And I'm with my wife, I'm with my kids, I'm on the bike, I'm playing tennis. And it was so powerful because it came from someone so powerful. If it was a homeless person telling me that, I would probably think that's why they're homeless. But it was a billionaire telling me how they've been able to make so much money, sustain their career and their marriage and be fulfilled. And it it hit me harder than one of the any lessons I learned from him. It was really important for me to hear in that time. Secondly, some days I'll be at my laptop and I will have worked eight, nine, 10 hours. And I feel an email that will normally take me three, four or five minutes to respond to is taking 15. That's the moment I switch it off and I'll go and do the hours watching Netflix or I'll go for a run, I'll go to the gym. And like a battery, I feel my mind, my creativity and myself charging back up. And in a show or when I'm on the treadmill, I'll have that idea and I feel great again. So I think it's really important to have those moments and allow yourself to be elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, and recognise it's as important as the rest time to the gym time when you're building muscle. 100%. So it's like, it's not just like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm going to have a bit of a break this weekend. It's like, I need to have that break. That's a necessary break. That's a necessary switch off because otherwise we lose those relationships. Yep. You know, how many successful people in the measure that many people have as success, i.e. money, have had several marriages? Seven uh, wives. Uh, you yeah. know, all of this stuff, the kids, they don't see them or the, they, you know, like... I'm not going to get into politics, but, you know, Boris, you know, nine kids, six wives or whatever it is. It's, yeah, and that's not success. Really? And, that's and, not successful. Well, and even if it is, he's left a trail of destruction yeah. and disconnected children behind him. So, you know, is that right? Is that good? Because if, if to me, success is health, wealth and happiness, you know, if I do too much, I have no health. And I did give up my health in my 30s and that was what, bloody grey and ulcers and all this lot, you know, but it's getting that balance back or got that balance back or recognize the importance of it now wealth it's really hard to have to all the life you want without some money you know it's just a reality of the world we live in and then we get on to happiness and are you really ever happy if you are going about your life in a way that is sucking happiness from people as, a, as opposed to making sure that the people around you are happy as well happiness is a communal thing it's a really good I point think. it's That's a really necessary. really good point and like with the, with the Alan Sugar lesson I learned is I always think if he can have a couple of days off and he's more, got more billionaire, so can I. Yeah. And when you start to do that, because I sacrificed my health, I was having fainting episodes, I'd put on a load of weight 
And it was it was a great lesson for me. And once you give yourself that time, you find you're better at work. You yeah, find you're yeah, a better absolutely. husband, a better father. You're more healthy. You make better choices. So allow yourself that time. But when you are working, work hard. Yeah. Work when you are working then, but give yourself that time. Because I think a lot of people say they do 90 hours, but how productive is yeah. that 90 hours? Better to do 30, that a full-on delivery. You've got it. Yeah, not not doing two-hour meetings if you can do it in 20 minutes and so on. Yeah, and then an hour on TikTok, and, but you're sitting at your desk. So you know? I'd love to get on to that because when we last met, you know, uh, obviously we talked a little bit about Time of Sugar and, and, and um, about The Apprentice and, you know, you won that against all the odds. You got a quarter of a million quid. You turned that into an exit of 10 million yes, quid. Yes, right. What's Mark Wright doing now? What, 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 what's uh, your business interests, your investments, your time? What are you doing? That's a really good question. I'm, I'm a bit the same as you at the moment. So I've, I've built my company up from nothing, sold it, had, had a bit of an exit uh, and had some capital from that. So now I get to do whatever I want to do. And what I want to do is one, help young business people that were like me that just need a bit of startup capital, a bit of knowledge to get going on their journey. I want to invest in companies that I'm passionate about and that have high barrier to entries that maybe some financing can can create. Um, and I want to do stuff like this, speaking, podcasting, mentoring, because I love talking about business. That probably comes across. I love working with business people and I love seeing that that idea come to life when you see the first product you meet the first customer that's what I really love but I've got a few things one I can't talk about at the moment that's in the pipeline that's I think going to be a huge business for the future so I'm just sort of enjoying the moment of when we'll hear about that thing when soon that, okay soon over we'll, the we'll next month up. but do, uh, do let us know when it happens and we'll uh, you'll hear about it um so the next thing I want to do is really big because I want to prove to myself, one, that I'm not a one-trick pony. Uh, you know, I won The Apprentice, started the business, scaled it and sold it. I always wanted to sell a business of that size because I'd started a couple of businesses which had been successful, but I'd never exited. Only 5% of businesses ever successfully exit. So I needed to complete that as my for my entrepreneurial yeah. journey. Um, but it feels pretty cool to be going around and meeting so many companies and be in a position to do whatever I want to do. Well, and it, in, it, one of the things you said there in that you got something big coming on, I remember when we met in London, you, you talked about, uh, and there was a lot of trades there that were 100% owners, they, they are the business as such. Um, and you said something like, I'd rather own 17% of a billion pound company than 100% of a small company. That's right. Kind of thing. And so, and equally, I think you said, um, uh, you know the work that goes into a big business is 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 no less than the work that goes into a small exactly business. Exactly right. So go big, kind of thing. Exactly so. right. And and that shocks a lot of people. And I learned that. And you'll love this through property. Is when I did my first properties, I did really small deals. Yeah. And and as my money grew and my net worth grew, I was able to do bigger deals. And I realized. It was the same lawyer. It was the same form. It was the yeah. same document. And business was exactly the same. It was the same team, the same forms, the same processes. And I thought, well, hang on a minute. I might as well go on the big roulette table because if you go bankrupt from a thousand pounds or ten thousand pounds or ten million, it's the same form. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go big. And the same impact. In, on your in the life. same impact. So I'm still seven years non-director if I don't make it. And if I do make it, the upside is way greater by taking yeah. a bigger risk. So I realized at that point, it, and in business, it's actually easier. The bigger the business is, it's actually easier to operate in my experience. When I was a startup yeah. business, I was doing everything myself. I was doing everything. I was chief cook and bottle washer, making the contracts, writing the terms and conditions, meeting the customers. As I got bigger, the turnover grew, the team grew, yeah, the yeah. equity cut up. There was more power in the decision-making process. I had to manage less people. I think by the end of the business, I was managing three people. At the start, when we got sort of middle size, I was managing 30. <coughs> so good business people manage no more than three, two to three people in my experience. Well, and I, I, you, you see a lot of people like Sugar and and, uh, and some of the successful people as they get bigger, they take on more and more business. And you think, how can they do that? Because their business is getting bigger, but they're taking on more. Yeah. And it is because they're delegating and checking, delegating and checking, delegating and checking, holding people to account. All the things that we've talked about. And actually, the more elevated you become, the more you get this kind of helicopter view. So you're not kind of in the moment, like like just seeing what you're doing, a one-to-one -one 
time to action ratio, hands and eyes engaged, you're so elevated that you can see the mistakes, not just as they're happening, but you can see them before they're going to happen. Exactly. It's like having that helicopter view watching the traffic and they can see, oh, this car's coming up to this junction. Oh, it's going to hit so-and-so. And if you can see that far ahead and that scale and with that kind of perspective you can often stop things before they make a mistake or you can redirect them into a better position. Yep. And to me, it was a bit, I did part of the clip around the world yacht race because one of my mentors wow. made me do all these things and <laughs> climb mountains and stuff. But, you know, if you can look at the weather maps and you can see where the storms are, not only do you not avoid them, but you want to clip around the edge and use the energy of the storm to catapult you forward. Without that knowledge, you're going to aimlessly go along. A squall's going to hit you. You know, you're suddenly in the in the shit. Your sails are wrong. You haven't got the team or the skills or the energy. But if you, if you can get that perspective and starting to map and plan, which is why I talk about mapping and planning, and and take a, more of an overview, not only does it not stress you because you're seeing it earlier, um, but you're starting to see a bigger world. Definitely. That has, um, well. If it was looking at it in the context of a team, you can start to see who's really delivering rather than those who are saying they're delivering and so on. You can't see that when you're right beside One them. of my mentors always says to me, don't play in the band, conduct the orchestra. And our job as, as leaders, as entrepreneurs, is to conduct the orchestra and be the chief checker. And the ignorance to think that ev you're better at everyone, that everything is just stupid. Yeah, yeah. You need to find good people that have specialties and check their work. You're the visionary. You create the strategy. You guide people. You check things. Yeah. But if you find yourself in the minutia doing the work, you're now not an entrepreneur. You're a worker. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a, really, a really good point as well because I think the other mistake connected to that that people make is they – think that because they've got a core skill that they should focus just on that skill yeah. so I'm a plumber so I'm going to be the world's best plumber which is great but if you're doing it one-to-one -one, you're still only doing one-to-one -one plumbing how big can that time. business get so you've got to say okay I'm a great plumber but I now need to take on people for these other skill sets or I need to take on a hundred plumbers mm -hmm. and they might only be 80% as good as I believe I am yeah but with 100 of them, I can get a lot more done than me doing it perfect every time. Yeah, and, and we're never as good as we think we are, bless us. It's great that we're self-confident. It's great that we think we're great because you need to. But you might think you're the best hairdresser in the whole world. You're probably not. Yeah, you're probably yeah. really good. But there's other people out there that you can recruit, hire and train so that can be equally good. But actually, when you do that, your business and life becomes better. Well, and also... We, we might not be as good as we think we are. Yep. But the beauty is we don't have to be as good as we think we are. That's the point. That's the point. This thing that I'm the best and I can't trust my people because they won't do as good as me. First of all, it's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second of all, if that was true, your life's going to be awful because you're going to be super busy, super stressed, and you've now got a business you can't scale and you can't sell. No one wants to buy a business where you're the best. Well, and, and, <laughs> and in fact... You, you make me think of um, I talk in my book about um, Shoma Morita don't know if you've ever heard of him Japanese philosopher no his philosophy I mean is now a psychological um, process for helping people but underpinning it is that we are all perfectly imperfect now if you can accept your imperfections and love yourself anyway um, then you live a happier life but also if we were perfect perfection if you had the perfect microphone for instance that would suggest if it's absolutely perfect in every way, then it would never be changed. It could never be changed. It's very finite. It's a singular thing. If, if that was true and, pe uh, and all people were perfect, we'd all be exactly the same. We'd yeah. be like robots. It's our imperfections that make us different and make us interesting, if you like. So that was one thing. And then I love the, the other Japanese um, art of kintsugi. I don't know if you've ever heard of kintsugi. I haven't either. I need to... So kintsugi is, if you had a bowl and someone dropped it... I it do like, know this one. Yeah, it's like my auntie's bowl, my mum's bowl, my nan's bowl, whatever it was. Oh, I've broken it. Gonna... But it has memories. And they won't, will not... They won't throw it away. They'll repair it, but they repair it with gold. So now you've got this bowl and it's been repaired back together with gold and it makes it more valuable than it was before. And the memories of what it was were still there, but it's now treat is more special because of the gold attached to it. And I'm now part of it because I repaired it and took it on the next oh, gosh. Of journey. Kind of Don't thing. we need that lesson now more than ever with this cancel culture? You know, you think about the world we live in now, you make one mistake, cancel him. 
he's cancelled, career's over, yeah. whatever. Oh, his business didn't work or her business didn't work, it, it failed. So they're now not good at business. Why yeah. has making a mistake or failure become such a taboo? Human beings are imperfect by nature. We've all got shit going on in our life. We've all made mistakes. Failing should be worn like a badge of success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more you fail, the more successful. And stronger because of it. Exactly. If you're so worried, if you're scared to death of making a mistake because you feel it will ruin you, you're never going to achieve anything. You are going to make mistakes. And if you get fucking cancelled because you make a mistake, there's going to be no one left to do anything because we're all going to be cancelled. But, uh, you know, even, even outside of business, though, how many kids are there who now believe they've got to be so perfect they won't go out because they've got a spot? You know, it's like, I mean, it's crazy that we believe we've got to be so perfect or my, I don't like my clothes or I don't know what to wear or they, I'm too short, I'm too fat, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too... All I'm of all this. too something and then they kill Love themselves. Love who we are. Show me, Marita, we're all perfectly imperfect. Love, if we can get to a point of self-love... Uh, and self-appreciation and gratitude from there we can build anything we can be anything and we can even be broken and like kintsugi we can we can take the lessons to that become the gold that fits us back together and then we can be more valuable gosh i hope we get back there quickly because we need to learn that life and business hasn't got a filter like social media we have spots some people are too fat some people are too skinny some people whatever Life hasn't got a filter. We just have to allow each other to be imperfect and make mistakes. And actually, we'd have a lot less kids killing themselves, a lot more people allowing themselves to fail and actually be in a much better place for it. No, and those filters, I mean, that's an interesting point. My my daughters often talk about some of these influencers that are using filters and like they're putting stuff right on everything to the point that now they are still an influencer but they never attend anything live because... Oh, because they're probably they ugly as a hat as perfect because they've made yeah. Look yeah, I know. I, before I got into the entrepreneur world, well, what got me into the entrepreneur world is I worked in the fitness industry. And there were, I, I got to know a lot of bodybuilders. And um, I, I knew a guy and he, he killed himself um, a year after he competed on stage. And a lot of it to do with he got his body in the most physically perfect place he could get it and then he couldn't get his body back to that perfection that he thought was perfection and it it tormented him to the point where unfortunately he killed himself and i think that the filters is a a way that a lot of uh, young particularly ladies are doing it is you're seeing yourself look a certain way that you cannot replicate without this technology so you stop going out without the technology because people will then realize you don't actually look like that and this whole catfishing thing of you see someone on social media and they look a certain way and then in real life it's a very different yeah, way yeah. is leading to all sorts of psychological and, and ci- ci- like civil problems. And I think we need to address that, yeah, really. You're absolutely right. But, um, let, well, let, let's be the, uh, the lights that start to change that, if you like, yeah. and push for, for acceptance of who people are to see the beauty and the, the perfections that they have in them already that they don't need. Uh, and and I'm, I'm always happy to call that bullshit. And uh, as you said, and I know you, you're straight talking like that again, but what would you say to a 16 year old you or a 16 year old that's think they're in Australia or they're in London thinking I'm going to go to Australia and Australia thinking I'm coming to London. Yeah. If, if you could go back in time to <laughs> even to yourself yeah. and you were feeling whatever the feeling was that took you to travel, what would you say? Take all of the pressure off yourself which is a lot easier said than done. But first of all, you haven't got to be successful or anyone today or tomorrow. Take your time. Try everything. Try lots of different things. Try lots of different jobs, industry, careers, bosses, girlfriends. Just try. Say yes to things and experience things because I put so much pressure on myself to be successful quickly, uh, to know what I wanted to do today. And I think just a couple of deep breaths, fail. Try lots of different things. Have fun. And the right thing will appear or it won't, but you'll have a lot of fun in the process. So so true. And that's why... I call my system transformation mapping or transition mapping because it is a journey. Like yeah. a map, it's a journey. We need to know where do we want to go 
do we really want that or is that a goal that someone else has told us 100%. we should have or mum or dad said we should have or education said we should have so you know if it's a map take some time to really think about what the destination is you really want accept that it's a journey and all the old cliches of a journey starts with a single st- you know a thousand mile journey starts with a single step recognize that you can't do a thousand miles today or win this big contract today or earn 250 grand straight from school but you can set a plan and you can do something every day to work towards that destination and also you said try lots of things you know there's so much in in stories and in disney and in in this that we we can mock it but they have so many great stories and metaphors in there like you know the 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 the, the princess and the frog kind of thing you know be willing to kiss a lot of frogs to find your a hundred percent you know uh, and one day you'll find it along the journey and belief and and it's going to be something that you maybe your mum or your dad doesn't want you to do it might be something that you know isn't looked at as a great job there is money in lots of different things it's not about money. It's about what gives you fulfillment. If you're getting up and you're looking at the clock to wait for 5.30 at your desk every day, you're in the wrong job. Yeah. You're in the wrong industry. You're in the wrong career. You want to do something that you get up on a Monday morning and you're excited to go in. And your job is to keep trying things until you find that. And when you find that, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. When you enjoy it, you become good at it. When you're good at it, you make money from it. Brilliant. And when you make money from it's it, it's all life those gets steps, easier. though, isn't it? It's exactly. Like, it's 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 it steps on a journey. It's it, it. It's easy when when you've made the mistakes to look back. But is there is it partly that these kids? There's so many disaffected. And I say kids, young adults. There's so many disaffected young adults. It, it's it's heartbreaking in some ways. Are are there more now than when I was younger or you were younger? Do you think? Mm-hmm. And if there are, and this is, I guess, a statement as much as a question, I think it feels to me like there are. And it feels to me like some of it is because there's what's called snowplow parents that clear the way and make sure that no kid has to kind of have a hard journey that that maybe at the point at which the young adult does have to go out alone, it feels harder for them because their parents haven't allowed them to take those steps i think it's multifold that what you just said and also that um i mean i'm worried for my son growing up in this era because you've got young kids 14 15 16 17 on youtube influencers making millions sometimes billions from putting out nonsense or playing video games and recording it or playing games and or just being doing pranks and they're making millions Mm -hmm. Then that person is taking photos of them on a super yacht or with a Ferrari and posting it. So now if I'm 16 and I'm seeing this guy's 16, got a Ferrari and I don't, I'm now not successful. I now haven't made it. What sort of pressure is that to have on you when you're 16? And we assume it's all real. We don't question it. We don't question it because we're seeing it, seeing is believing apparently. We don't know if that person's happy. We don't know what their true situation is behind that camera. And I think... We as human beings, rightly or wrongly, compare ourselves to others. And that's as parents and that's as children and that's as business people. And you must stop doing that because you have no idea what that person is going through or what the real situation is behind that. And if we can take away that comparison, we're all in our own lane and look at self-fulfillment and self-happiness, success will come. And actually success might come for you at 20 and be gone at 30, might come at 30 and stay till you're at 90. You don't know. Just go with the process. And enjoy the journey. And enjoy it because it will go up and down uh, and you'll learn more from the downs than you will from the ups. Enjoy the ups. Well, and and, and on that point, I mean, my mum used to say the only person you need to compare yourself to is you. Yeah. So if you can be a bit better tomorrow, that's good. If you can be a bit better because you look at yourself uh, more consistently, I guess, generally. But the worrying thing when we look to others is we see the worst of ourselves and the best of them. Yeah. So we assume they're brilliant because we've seen one moment on social media or we see what could be a fake smile they're putting on Mm. or fake happiness. But we know our own self and we tend to look at ourselves as the worst of ourselves and others as the best of themselves. If only Very we could hard. get somewhere in the middle and see the reality of both. Yeah. That would be a better Because in a lot of times they're probably looking at you and jealous of your situation. Yeah. You know, a lot of yeah. people that post on social, they're posting to project a certain thing for a certain reason. And it's just 
taking that pressure off yourself because success, I believe, in any form of your life, health, wealth, whatever, comes from that self-confidence, yeah, yeah. comes from that, you know, you, you must start to love yourself first. And with a lot of the people I mentor and work with, they come to me and they want to talk about making millions or business. And all I want to talk about originally is them what's going on with you i you know are you healthy what's going on in your relationship what's this got to do with my business your business can't work until you're worked out until you've sort of figured out if you if you can't go in and focus because you're worried about whatever it is that's going on in your life the business is never going to work well i talk a lot about um in in, and i've said it before and i don't apologize for it about Make, get get to a point where your cup overfloweth. Now that's a religious saying, but if it overflows with confidence, you've got more to give to others. If it overflows with money, you've got more to give with others. If it overflows with love, you've got more to give with others. And so, therefore, the inference and the focus needs to be on making yourself better first and fuller first. Then you have more to give. If you're giving when you haven't got enough for yourself, then in effect you're you're bleeding yourself further, sort of thing. But um, and it's like the plane mask. You know, if the plane's crashing, you put your mask on before you yeah. help others. Business is exactly the same. You know, if you want to be an inspiring mentor and boss to your employees, you need to become that person. I don't, yeah. People don't want to work for some miserable, you know, prick that hasn't figured their yeah. own. What's stuff the same? Be, be the change in the world you want to see, sort of thing. Exactly. You want to work for someone that's inspiring to, for you to work with and and achieve your goals. So that's really important. Brilliant. Last time we met, there was so much wisdom uh, coming out of uh, uh, out of your mouth. Uh, and I see you living that uh, that truth, building that business on your own journey. Um, you. A lot of what you say is straight out of the, uh, the the rule book of success as I've seen it. And yet I know you're living that too. So I appreciate that. I know that uh, people would have got a lot from that. I want to see you again when this this next big uh, oh, step gosh. on your journey stay, comes to Stay fruition. tuned. Listen, and I'm no different from it, from anyone else. I have my good days and bad days, but I'm surrounded by great people like yourself. Um, I have great mentors. I'm constantly learning. I'm reading, listening to podcasts, experiencing it every day. But I've put foundations around me and, and all I can educate people on is it's okay to have the ups and downs, but put great people around you, listen to great content and uh, you'll get there eventually. You really will. No, so true. It's not easy, but it's not as complicated as people think. It's, it's simple, but not easy. If I can do it, anyone can. Brilliant. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me back. I hope you've enjoyed. Um, Mark uh, is always full of great wisdom. If you just listen to one or two things that have been said today and decide to change them in your life, you can change your life. If you want to change some things in your life, you need to change some things in your life. If you've enjoyed, do share, like and subscribe. And we look forward to seeing you again on Success is a System. Thanks very much.